Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we are continuing to move out of retrograde energies. First, it was Mars and then Mercury this week and then Uranus on the 22nd. You will start to feel this direct shift of energy. And we just moved into the sun sign of Aquarius with a new moon today in Aquarius. This is a very energetic new moon with all this direct energy going forward, meaning it's a time to work on your inner energetic body and the vibration you're admitting to the world. Whatever you emit attracts energy back in. This energy may come to you in the form of people, projects, resources, or other synchronistic experiences that help you manifest your visions. It all starts with you and the energy you are vibrating daily. This new moon can help you fine tune your frequency to make sure it reflects your authentic truth and the life you want to live. Aquarius is the perfect meeting of freedom and knowledge. It's this kind of energy that changes and shapes the world. Aquarius is ruled by the element of air and helps connect us to the collective consciousness. It is through this connection that helps move society forward to new paradigms. Aquarius helps take our vibration out of the old and into the new, where it can create an updated reality and frequency. So you may feel challenged with the status quo, but this can be inspiring to think of solutions that were never taught. Think of new ideas. Get outside that box. More than any other sign, this energy is associated with the mental realm, and this season is a time to honor your own unique genius. The energy of Aquarius inspires us to create the world we want to live in instead of just accepting the world that already exists. How fantastic is this cosmic energy coming forward, right? This new moon also issues in the Chinese New Year, the year of the water rabbit with lots of luck and possibilities. It embodies yen, the passive principle of the universe, which manifests in relaxation, fluidity, quietness, and contemplation. It is a time of nurturing the body and soul in an attempt to provide balance under the basic concept of yin and yang. It's those opposite forces that complement each other to offer harmony overall. The charm of the rabbit can bring in money, fertility, lovers, and success to you. And it will mean getting out of your comfort zone and breaking free of your old fears. I know sometimes we get like, oh no, I can't slow down. Oh no, I have to be busy. What do you mean stop and meditate? But that's exactly the energy that we need to make the changes, to go forward, to let go of the past and how you approach this new path for 2023. 
Staying grounded is the way to approach all this new energy coming in, which is a subject we'll be talking about today. We are vibrating to a higher frequency, more refined and aware. Everything in life and on your path has meaning. We all come into this lifetime with a purpose. And even if you cannot see the invisible threads of creation connecting it all, trust that all the threads are weaving this fabric of life together for you in wholeness. It is important to find ways to tend to the struggles of your life with the rites of the mystery schools that can offer you inspiration, amusement, and joy. Rites being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. These tools can free you from the unnecessary stress that is going on in the world. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my energy focus for the week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook or catch the replay. As you move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with a deep Akashic Soul reading. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body and go into your soul, it helps to release the old patterns and all that stuff you carry around. I am opening up just a couple of more spots for my private mentoring this winter, the Empowered Spirit Private Mentoring Program. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how my programs can help you. In today's episode, I wanted to offer a different perspective on healing some of the trauma we have going on in the world. My guest is Amelia Vocal, who works with attachment trauma through a specialized energy medicine protocol. She coaches people in their spirituality and groundedness and helps them come back home to themselves. We talk about grounding, trauma, meditation, anchoring, earthing, the horror, staying connected to loved ones, and the healing energies of the universal field. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause and center and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale up the body and exhale, bringing that breath all the way down deep into the earth. Inhale, expanding your breath up the body. And as you exhale, call in your energy. Call it in, call in your spirit. Feel your spirit aligning right on top of the physical body. Inhaling and exhaling. Taking another deep inhale. And as you exhale, dropping deep into the heart, right in the very center, affirm that connection that you have with your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are loved, supported, protected, feeling all this energy coming in for you taking a moment to notice where you are on this great wheel of life, calling in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings, calling in your own spirit guides, pulling all this energy in around you, going deep within, noticing 
your dreams, your visions, finding those messages for you, pulling all this energy in, calling in the directions to the north, the east, the south, and the west, above us, below us, right in the very center, feeling into that energy for you, setting an intention for your path right now, noticing those emotions of how you want to feel as you see and hear and know these intentions and allow these elevated emotions to radiate out from your heart, setting that energy all around you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, sending the energy, the breath all the way down, grounding your energy with Mother Earth, bringing your awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back. So my guest today, Amelia Vogler, is a grounding and energy medicine specialist, internationally respected teacher of energy medicine, spiritual coach, and meditation guide. She embeds essential energetic practices in her meditations and teaches to support the better of humanity. In addition to her teaching and meditation work, she is an international private practice. She helps those who have lost a sense of wholeness reclaim the parts of themselves that have felt lost. In her 15-year career, she has helped over 7,000 individuals repattern or transform limiting beliefs through grounding practices, intuitive insight, and advanced energy medicine. Her practice expands around the globe, serving clients in Asia, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South America, Canada, and the United States. She has a regular column in Energy Magazine and has written for other online publications. So let us welcome Amelia to the show. Welcome, Amelia. Well, hey, Terry. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I've been so excited to talk to you, Amelia. We've had several episodes talking about all the trauma in the world, between <laughs> emotional trauma, chronic pain trauma, abuse trauma, all of it. And there is a lot in the world from these last couple of years. So I'm so excited to have you come in and share your way in which you work with trauma and help our listeners understand the way in which you approach it for you and your clients. So yes. So tell us a little bit about how you do approach this. Well, Terry, I think it's important when we talk about trauma, because it's a word that gets thrown around. We hear it in spiritual circles, medical circles, psychological circles, you know, mental health circles. And it's, and it's kind of like, well, let's ground in what it is that we're talking about from an energetic perspective or from my energetic perspective. So I come from um, sort of a background in mysticism. I've studied, um, mis- you know, the different mystics in across many different religions and backgrounds. And 
So really looking at how is it that the soul evolves through lifetimes? How is it that we come to know ourselves as whole in support of and in relationship with a larger wholeness? And so if we're coming from the perspective of learning how to be non-separate or back really deeply um, in partnership with a unified space, a unified people, a oneness, the unified field, trauma for us is anything that has happened to us. So trauma is usually outside in, you know, something that has happened to us, whether that be this lifetime, past lifetime, a concurrent lifetime, doesn't really matter if it's affecting us here and now, that's making us perceive ourselves as separate or as parts or as I don't have connection to my body. I don't have connection to other, to outside of me. I feel fragmented. I feel, um, you know, if we were to use the word love, unlovable, unworthy, um, you know, un, you know, just unsupported, unheard in our lifetime. So those are the, those are the expressions of trauma that I tend to work with in my practice. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it because it does encompass so many different things of what trauma really is. And there's so many of those things that you've just said that so many of us can relate to. The I'm not lovables, yeah. to feeling separate, to things that have happened into our lives. And sometimes I think, you know, we like don't even stop to think about, well, is that trauma? Or we just kind of push it down, keep going, keep going. And then we find ourselves, you know, creating stories upon stories upon stories on how we live our life. That Well, that's right. And you keyed into something really interesting about the stories that we create. Because if you study trauma from um, like a somatic sense or a traditional psychological sense or perspective, what you'll find is that every single one of us has the ability to heal trauma. It's the stories that we create from that experience that are kind of the traps. So we do, we think, we think we're operating in life and we think we're doing the best we can. And we we are. We are doing the best that we can. But many times what happens is we, we kind of make up stories about how to be in a world when we don't have a connection to that deep, deeper sense of oneness of self. So we create coping mechanisms of being angry and pushing the world away or taking on anxiety. And kind of, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I'm aware of what's going on. That's often one of the kind of revelations of anxiety. It kind of speaks to us through this heightened sense of, I'm okay. I'm okay. Look at all this stuff. I'm handling it right now. All of these things around me, those are, those are kind of stories we tell ourselves that, that are filling or seem to be filling that larger gap of groundedness and fullness and fulfillment. 
Yeah, I so agree. And I I admit like I, that anger. Yeah, angry at everybody, anger at the world, anger just all over the place yeah. and it projecting out on everybody. So I have been there and I do understand. And I know I was just down in Mexico uh, right before Christmas and I was on this amazing retreat and you know the, the, it was Toltec wisdom and one of the things that came forward is like whose dream are you living? Yeah. Whose story are you living, you know? And it really made me realize like wow, I am so tired of carrying around some of these old stories. So this fits right into that. And some of them and may not have looked at as trauma, although there have been abuse situations and things in my past that were definitely trauma. But sometimes, like you said, it's the stories and what we pick up and the anxiety. So I can really appreciate that definition for sure. Yeah, yeah it's more broad. And I think it's also, um, it's really forgiving. And that's, that's one of the things I'm all about in the work that I do and the way that I help coach people through energetics and kind of intuitive energy medicine is, is like, let's sit together. Let's sit soul to soul and just, and be, and remember, and remember what it's like to feel beyond a story that maybe was created or to enter into some new story together in, 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 in an experiential way too. So we really do bring embodiment practices into our work as well, because trauma takes us out of our body many times. You know, we don't want to be here. Anger, get away from me. Stop it. I'm putting a boundary up. And so it does take a little bit of, of kind of pause and that courage to revisit um, what part of me is not with me in this moment. Yeah, I so agree. And I know for myself too, I think, oh, I'm so grounded, you know, I'm with mother earth, but yet there is a part of me that has been out there and that hasn't really been grounded, especially in that solar plexus area and really in my power. And it is something that I think we all can learn to grow into more and more and more, no matter where we are and what we've done in our life. I think I love the idea of that forgiveness too, because that's a big part of it. We keep putting ourselves in shame and blame and all of that. It it keeps us out there (laughs) instead of bringing us back in. Now, you talk a lot about grounding. In fact, I just read your uh, post in Energy Magazine. Yeah, I just read that. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what you do mean by grounding. Yeah, I love that question, Terry. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about that. Because I personally, and this is a soapbox, so here's your soapbox warning for anybody listening. She's about to get on. Okay, <laughs> there I am. Um but, you know, grounding is it, it is one of those terms or one of those practices that has been, I think, kind of thrown around sort of recklessly with abandon, like we need to do our grounding, but nobody tells you what it is. Nobody tells you what it feels like. Nobody tells you how to do it. I mean, they give you techniques, but oftentimes our grounding practices are sort of um, in what I would call the spiritual marketplace misconstrued to be earthing practices where we go out and we put our feet on the ground or we, you know, create that energetic connection with mother earth and earthing is a form of grounding practice. And grounding is also bigger than that, Mm. you know, grounding. There's also, you know, centering practices that allow that's kind of grounding the mental state so that, when we do mindfulness practices or centering breathing or centering practices, what we're doing is we're grounding our mental 
capacity to come back to center, to be in the present moment. Sure, that's a form of grounding, but what else? So we're already starting to see, wait a minute, grounding comes in many forms. Physical grounding, which we get from earthing, energetics, you know, the energetic conversation between our electromagnetic system and the earth, uh, the mental grounding, emotional grounding is really helping different practices that help us identify and regulate our relationship to our emotional state, which is could be meditation, it could be kind of, it could be mindful practices, it could be using mantra, affirmation, you know, different ways to kind of come into connection with our, with our feeling sense that or dimension. And then of course, there's our spiritual grounding, prayer, meditation, connection to divine, So the type of grounding I'm really interested in is the energetic. This idea of how is it that our physical body, energetic body is connected to Mother Earth and those energies below her, below us, so that we're, you know, able to release that which is not serving us, but also receive from um, sort of connecting to that greater ability to receive. So metaphorically, energetically, how is it that we're receiving from Mother Earth, from our family of origin, from the world around us? So that that type of grounding, what that's doing is it's really bringing those energies into our conception and our story of wholeness. And also, grounding has three parts, our connection to receiving uh, from the Earth, our connection to giving uh, back to the earth, to letting go. There's our connection to ourself. You know, what is the, what is the boundary that holds our story sacred within us? And how do we manage that boundary? How do we manage the boundary that's outside of us in? So, you know, you were expressing a little bit of anger towards the world at some point, very normal when we need to take space from it. So how are we negotiating our grounding with self and grounding with other? And other also includes our culture, our politics, our history, our, you know, even kind of the universal history that's operating through us. There's this great toe line of spiritual histories that are running through us as well at all times. So we're managing kind of self and other. And then also the third kind of region or dimension of grounding that I'd like to work with is self and spirit, self and universe, self and unified field. So grounding to me is really about how is it that we're showing up in our wholeness and how is it that we're showing up in our relationships to self, other, earth, spirit. And the energetics give us give us the um, the tools that we need to start looking into those relationships and kind of opening the doorways to um, working with them so that if our connection to spirit has dwindled over the years, we can look at what's keeping us from that and how, what does that look like energetically and how what new story do we need to bring to, you know, keep that flow open again. Yeah, I agree. And I think many of us 
kind of have lost some of that connection to spirit over these last couple of years with so much of what has gone on in the world. And I know I'll speak for myself. I mean, I know I have, and I know that, you know, like for me going on that retreat, I spoke of like, that was a whole renewal process for me. And it took a lot of work, inner work to get me there. And then I am now feeling like I am in this new place and opening up, but not everybody has had that experience. And many people are like, you know, what the F? Like this has been a hard year. I lost my business. I lost this one. I lost that one. You know, even in physical death, losing people to COVID and all of that. So it has been hard. So when you talk about that, especially like the somatics and connecting with spirit, what are some of the techniques that you're using and teaching? Okay. I suppose just sort of a historical frame on the work that I do. I, um, I'm a real normal person. Like I was an engineer. Yeah. I was an engineer for 12 years, worked in big companies, you know, went back to school. I really did real, whatever that life is that in the frame, you know, I really did. I did that. I did that life. And throughout just kind of being, I was, I was gifted here with um, the ability to see and pick up and sense energy and, and really have a keen intuition. And so that sense of like knowing things you're not supposed to know. And so as I was going through corporate America, I felt dead inside. I felt lost inside. I didn't have a connection to God. I, I couldn't really talk to other, you know, I, I could speak geek, but I don't enjoy speaking geek. You know, it wasn't like my first language. And so I quit my job and I started doing more what I would call just one-on-one direct practice, like just hands-on energy work. Maybe there was a little intuitive flair in there when something would come through, I might offer it. And I became so frustrated with working in the chakra system because it would it would slap back. There wasn't like, it didn't land. And I get why, because each of us has these patterns and our, our energy system, just like our physical body changes fairly slowly. And so it, we, um, you know, we identify a new pattern energetically, hold it. And then you go out in the world where there's all this riffraff going on and your pattern slaps back because we're working on learning a new story. And so I kept asking myself or spirit or the universe or whatever, you know, whatever was flowing through me. This is super frustrating. (laughs) I'm tired of seeing people over and over for the same issue. And, you know, when we start asking the questions, that's how we get answers. You know, we can't, we can't heal what we can't see. And so my question was, where is the larger pattern sitting? Where because something's feeding this there's we know energy is a template so where's that stronger template and i learned through inquiry and through study i kind of happened on the work of barbara brennan and her work of the hara system which is this it is a quantum leap faster than the chakra system it is known as the dimension of being and becoming. It has to do with the architecture of our energy system, how it is we got got here. You know, each of us comes with a long history and included in that history are traumas and experiences and gifts and different wisdoms that we've cultivated. And boom, here we are in a, a very specific 
template of those gifts in this lifetime. And so I started reading and studying and working with this system called the Hara. And I realized, oh, this is the system of our soul. This is where fragmentation occurs. This is where we, if it, and, and if this is where fragmentation lives, then we can call it back here and re-template ourselves. So it sounds like awfully geeky. Maybe that's why I needed to be a geek uh, in engineering because it really is architecture. And that's what I did in engineering. I worked in architecture and it was like putting these pieces and puzzles back together. So sometimes we um, use somatic inquiry to go and find the parts of the body where the soul might be a little shy and we give space to a conversation and a dialogue. What are you needing? What's showing up here? What are we, let's be curious about that. And knowing um, as you do, and probably many of the people listening, when we come to energy, we have every tool in our disposal. We, we have our imagination, our cosmic imagination. And when we can imagine it, that becomes a template for something new. And when we bring that template to somatic inquiry and we bring tools and resources that we didn't have this lifetime, another lifetime, our template can shift. And from that template shift, our physical body and our actual lived soul experience begins to change. So that's sort of a hodgepodge. There's a lot in there, but that's that's kind of the tools. Those are the tools that I use. Imagination. I often tell my clients, okay, yeah, while we're in this story together, I'm with you. So lean on my love and know I have a toolkit that's got every tool we need. We need to get in a hot air balloon and go and look a little higher. Let's do it. Let's do it together. And so the alchemy of this work is having an advocate, a partner, sort of um, somebody with keen intuition who can, who's really in that hot air balloon with you and going, oh my God, do you see that? And they go, what? Look over there. And then suddenly like, you know, by working with the energy, the stories that we need start, begin to start making themselves apparent. So it's a really beautiful journey. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea that, you know, within those energetic frames is all those tools. And I definitely agree. And I often say, imagine, pretend, visualize, whatever though, whatever, which one of those works for you, right? Because that is how we get in there and really can see and hear and feel and know for sure. How do you describe the, or define the Hara? How is that? Well, the Hara to me is defined as the system of being and becoming. And so if we think of being, it is the system that brings us here, literally to be. It is the architecture that defines us based on our soul mission and our soul architecture. We could unpack that for three hours. But but essentially, there are gifts that we need for this assignment. So the Hara helps to template those. There's um, a relationship with our physical form that we need to carry out our mission. The Hara helps us with that. So you think of individuals who maybe were born here with 
really, really significant physical challenges, or maybe not even significant, but a physical challenge, that relationship is going to grow them. You know, their relationship to their physical body is going to grow them in a way that their soul learns. And there's um, the, the Hara templates, our spiritual purpose, why it is that we're here so we can get at that larger mission, which is always about how we're bringing ourselves fully into presence. It's not about the job that we're doing. It's about the gifts that we're offering to the world and by the sm- the sm- way we smile, the light in our eye. So it works with that assignment, that larger assignment. And it also templates kind of the design of us. And in that design, we also have the design of who our parents are in this lifetime. So each of us chose on some level, uh, you know, our biological family, which I can guarantee you, if you're listening, you go, yeah, they, they grow me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That they're challenging, you know, and they're challenging for a reason. And um, so that too is coded. So that's the B part you know, how we get here in, in the relationship with earth, with, with body, with family of origin, with ancestors, with history, with geography, all of it. You know, I was just talking with somebody about how grateful and lucky that I am to have been born an American, you know, working with the land here, even with all the strife and struggle I'm not a refugee. I'm not suffering. And and just because I'm American, it doesn't mean I'm not suffering. There's plenty of suffering here. But, you know, I was working with a young woman from Philippines and it was nighttime and her baby was crying. And and she said, yeah, I work during the night. That's what we do here. And I thought, I'm so lucky and I'm so sorry. You know, so we that alchemy of of the larger template of how we got here and who we are when we're here gives rise to our ability to become here. So the Hara also has tremendous growth potential in it. It really is carrying all of those gifts and it allows us to ground in the planet ground in our body, ground in our story, ground in our connection to spirit. And so we have access points. There's actually an architecture to it, just like the chakra system, the Hara too has an architecture. So if we're looking at, for example, what you were talking about, Terry, gosh, this these last couple of years have sucked and I'm kind of mad at God. Well, that's a really common trauma response. How could you let me down? But what we might see also is start asking the question or being curious about, is that familiar to you? Has that ever happened to you before? Do you know that feeling before? What does it feel like in the body? Because sometimes we see that the issues that come up and how we deal with them, the stories we tell have reverberations in other lifetimes or earlier experiences in our, in our life. And that's what we can check out in the Hara. The Hara is really about working with those looping patterns that keep us from becoming all that we are. 
Yeah, I love that explanation. And I guess a question that comes up for me too is like maybe it's some of the architecture of the Hara because I guess through my yoga training and all, learning about like the different parts of the Hara, like the Hara line and the the Tantiem <laughs> and breathing and how does that fit into this? Is is that what would you would call the architecture of it? Yeah, there. Um, I mean, with there's a class I teach called the Foundation of the Hara, which goes into these parts, you know, quite deeply, mm. but. If you, if you think about how is it that I got here, you know, before I had a body, there's an architecture that sustained your body. And that's, you're talking about the Hara line. It's kind of the line of energy from that unified field through your core light, your spirit light that gets um, translated and slowed down because we are, we have to get from super fast to super dense, right? We we're in this little sausage suit here. We call a body. <laughs> right. um, so we have to have a, a method um, or an architecture that allows us to slow down. So we don't explode really. And so the first thing, there's a node at the above the head, the individuation point where we literally individuate from the all that is and also from the all that we are, because our soul expression is a a kind of a unique um, version of our spirit. And it also is just it's just really a small piece of us. And it comes with certain stories and certain backgrounds and certain gifts and certain troubles and certain issues. And so we get slowed down a little around that, that, that soul code, the big soul codes. And then once we have this idea of being and becoming there, then overlays our mission. So here's the architecture of who we're to be. Why are we here? And then the next node is the lower Dantian, which you were speaking to, that has to do with what is our relationship to our physical body, our vitality, and our connection to Mother Earth. And there's a, you know, there's secondary nodes on the Hara. It's, you know, nodes that help us pick our ancestry. It's a beautiful system, but we can find kind of patterns that show up in those individual nodes. So if you think about working in the chakra system, you mentioned, oh, I'm working in my solar plexus. That means something to you. You were referring to the personal power aspect of that kind of node in the chakra system. So it it's just, a, you can think about working in the chakra system and then kind of extrapolate it into this other Hara system. But the Hara is gonna, because it is that primary system that allows us to be here before we have physical body, this system feeds the Taji pole, which is connected to the Dantians. It feeds the Shushumna Nadi, which is, connected to the nadi system it feeds the chakra system and the chakra system feeds the meridian system so it really is our downstream kind of higher dimensional super fast frequency um expression of who we are fascinating and it really is deep in there which I guess I really yeah. admit, like I've only only really tapped into a little bit of that through my yoga training, my energy work. You know, I've worked with the Shushud and I call it the Radiant Light or the Kundalini channel. But that is so fascinating to go deeper and deeper and deeper and see that connection. Yeah. 
that we come in with and how we can then use that for healing. And I guess it's all healing, chronic pain, emotional pain, mental pain, really reconnecting with that deeper, deeper part of who we are. That's right. And when we come from the deeper part of who we are, we also have access to our spirit. We have access to the universe. Like we start speaking the language. You can, you know, when we ground ourselves through the hara to the earth, that is our first connection to the planet. That is like sticking your finger in the socket. Don't do it, you know, but that's your direct link to mm. nurture, which means if there are if there are issues or patterns that show up in your ability to nurture yourself, then let's go to the source. Let's start there. And then it trickles down. And that's also why you see such amazing results from working in the Hara. Because when you're you're starting at that faster template and it and it proliferates through the rest of the energy system. And that's what I mean by working in wholeness, because we really are returning to that system of soul. That's another phrase I use often when I'm teaching that the, you know, the horror really is the system of our soul. So that's where we go and we can do soul healing. Now, that's not to say that if we're in, um, you know, shamanic journeying or we're working in trance or we're working in other modalities, you very well might be in that horror energy. You just might be working through one of the other, you know, one of the connection points to it. But when you're in it, you can feel it. And that's what I really like teaching people is both about the system itself, but how do you know that you're in it? And that's a somatic feeling of being home and being peaceful and content. Yeah. And being present, I would imagine. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, truly fascinating, truly fascinating to go so deep. No wonder I'm so attracted to this conversation. I love the soul work. And, you know, I agree. We choose our families. We choose the people we come in for. We do come in with a contract, with many contracts, really. And that it is this lifetime that we need to really go deeper and figure it out. And what are those stories that keep us away from that? And I think right now, those are the questions to be asked right now. What is keeping me away from that authentic self of who I am? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that integrated self. And, you know, we are a microcosm of a macrocosm. So what are we doing in the world right now? We are continuing our efforts to unify and to break down borders and boundaries and separations, that which separates us. And so on the inside, we're looking at the parts of us that are also separate and fragmented. And so we get access to that in this system. So I think the Hara is the system of now. I think it's the answer to this time we're in. And I think it affords us that deeper grounding that we need that really helps us stay steady, even though there's a lot of chaos happening that's creating something new around us. I so agree. I mean, even just looking at where we are right now and the cosmic energy, right? We're moving through all these retrogrades and out and coming out. And even just this week, you know, there's so many things going forward, but finding the ability to, even in the simplest form, ground, and then allowing ourselves to go deeper and deeper is so valuable right now. 
And yes, we need to have some shifts going on. We need to find better ways to work and to really approach all the changes that are going on. I mean, I don't know about where you live, but even where I live, you go like downtown and this store is gone and this business is gone and this new store is in and nothing really is as it was. Maybe a few things, but everything is appearing so different. So how we show up to that within our own like you said, microcosm is really important. And I'll admit right now, coming back from this retreat and starting this new year, like, I'm like, who am I? (laughs) Like, who am I? And asking that deep question. And it's not like, what do I do? Or what is my work? But who am I? And those are some of the questions right now to be asked, I do believe. I believe that too. And I, you know, I have to say, you know, thank you to you and those of us, myself included, that are asking that question, who am I? Who am I becoming? Who am I in this moment? Where's my soul calling me? Because I do think that we are in kind of a larger uh, collective. We're like in the toe lines of collective soul uh, enhancement or um, what's the correct word? Evolution, I suppose. And so we are all a little bit unmoored. And yet, I think together, as we continue to ask that question, who am I right now? We're weaving a new foundation for the possibilities and the potential for humankind. Yeah, I agree. And pulling our energy in and finding the ways to slow down and taking time for ourselves is really important. You know, when people go, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I'm too busy to show up at 7 a.m. I'm too busy. But this is what's really important right now. And this is how we're going to get to some of those answers, I really believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Thank you so much for sharing this work with us. Where would you like for me to direct people to find more about you and your work that you're offering? And are you teaching right now? Yeah, I am teaching. I'm going to teach a new foundations of the Hara class in June. So I'll have a a free call in May. If you want to learn a little more about that, you can find it at ameliavogler.com slash Hara, H-A-R-A. I have an institute, a teaching institute that has classes that are on demand and I teach live smaller classes at voglerinstitute.com named for my grandma, not me. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, definitely we'll direct people that way as well. So as we go to close, I like to come back and ask this question. How do you feel working with the Hara can help to empower the spirit right now? I do believe it is that integrated foundation that helps us as a collective and as individuals reach back and understand deeply in the Soma, that wholeness of being, how to remember to be one. And I think that's the springboard from which the evolution of this time is taking place. To reach back and how to be unified as one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so grateful to you and all your work. Thank you so much, Terry. It was just wonderful. And I love seeing you again. Thank you so much. Thank you to your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Yes. Now is the time to reach back in, to find that deep soul connection to the oneness, the source that unifies us all. Reach out to Amelia for her work and upcoming classes. And if you want help in building a spiritual practice, reach out to me. 
I have two openings in my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program for the winter season. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Tarianne Hyman. To your spirit, namaste.